Good morning. My name is Minu Kim, uh, the other pastor here at St. Stephen's. And, and yes, let us uh, look at today's scripture uh, from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and uh, end of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that, the, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So today we look at the second part of our threefold mission statements. Why don't we uh, read it together in one voice? Reflect Christ to the, as the catalyst for community. We, last week we looked at the first one, right? Receive Christ as a key to life. So not only do we receive Christ inwardly, as the key to life, but we also reflect Christ outwardly as the catalyst for community. Not only do I receive Christ as my Lord and Savior personally, but also I reflect Christ publicly as our Lord and Savior. So what does this really mean? Let's look at the first part, reflect Christ. When I first saw this phrase, I immediately thought of a song from my childhood, uh, this song called Reflection uh, from Disney's Mulan, which goes, who is that girl I see staring straight back at me? Why is my reflection someone I don't know? Must I, must I pretend that I'm someone else from all time? When will my reflection show who I am inside? I wish I could sing this for you, but there's no way. The last two lines uh, are particularly worth pausing on. When will my reflection show who I am inside? 
As we receive Christ, we follow Christ, we abide in Christ, and we imitate Christ. Thus, in this continuous growth in Christ, we become as what is written in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And if Christ lives in me, shouldn't my reflection show, also show him who lives inside of us? And yet, how many of us wonder whether we reflect Christ who lives inside of us? There is this retired Methodist pastor in our Virginia conference whom I've gotten to meet uh, often in various clergy gatherings over the past seven years. And whenever I see him, he challenges us with the same set of questions. Does Christ live in you? Does your congregation see Christ in you? Do your townspeople see Christ in you? Does your family and your spouse see Christ in you? I still haven't asked my, this question to my wife. These are challenging questions for both clergies and ladies alike. Do I reflect Christ in both public and personal spaces? Do, I, do people see Christ in me whether I'm in my church clothes street clothes, or pajamas? While these questions are honest and at times helpful check-ins we can have for, with ourselves, I want to clarify that reflecting Christ is not about checking off or seeking to display Christ-like appearances. Rather, reflecting Christ means to reflect his posture revealed in his prayer at Gethsemane my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. Reflecting Christ means living out the prayer he taught us to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Reflecting Christ means humbling ourselves and becoming obedient to God. Reflecting Christ means emptying ourselves so that the Spirit of God may dwell in us. And again, it is about posture, not appearance. In today's scripture, it is written, Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So Jesus Christ, who is fully divine, fully God, emptied himself to be with us as one of us, fully human. And not only was he born in the lowliest and most humble way possible, in a manger located in a small town, so that he can be with us now, but he also died in the lowliest and the most humble way possible of violent death on a cross of a criminal so that he can be with us forevermore. Jesus Christ remained humble and obedient to God's plan so that God's love can be with us now and always. And this is the kind of Christ we worship. This is the kind of Christ we receive and this is the kind of Christ whom God highly exalted 
to whom every knee should bend and whom every tongue should confess as their Lord. And we not only, not only receive this Christ, but also we reflect this Christ. Rather than exploiting our God-given privileges for self-advancement, we empty ourselves so that we may know what God has in store for us. Rather than being full, our, our, full of ourselves for being Christ-like, we empty ourselves so that we may be with our neighbors in solidarity with love and compassion. We empty ourselves to be with God and with others, to love God and to love our neighbors. And this leads to the second part of today's vision statement as a catalyst for community. The Apostle Paul wrote today's scripture to the church in Philippi going through conflicts. The reason why churches go, always go through conflicts, whether in the first century or now, is simple. We often forget the kind of Christ we worship. It is somehow engraved in our human minds that the Messiah is supposed to look like a warrior king riding a stallion rather than a meek teacher riding a donkey. We all desire a superhero who rescues us by destroying our enemies. We all desire a leader who changes our situations favorably for us and does it so swiftly. We all desire a superstar who promotes avenues for self-indulgence. And we all desire a God who helps in our self-advancement. And the thing is, our interests are not always on the same page. To the church in Philippi, hurting from rivalries and conflicts, Paul wrote the following. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish, selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ. He calls for solidarity and community to his conflict-infested church, to empty ourselves from selfish, selfish ambitions and subject ourselves to one another, just as Christ did for us. An authentic community is born when two or more people are willing to live and serve in solidarity with one another. And reflecting this self-emptying Christ makes a community relational rather than transactional. Today's scripture uses a word in verse 7, doulos in Greek, that is commonly translated as slave. This word, in the context of the first century Greco-Roman world, was understood as a prime example of someone who empties oneself in order to serve the interests of others. Again, as a prime example of someone who empties oneself in order to serve the interests of others. This word doulos is probably the most provocative way of symbolizing the essence of Jesus' life and ministry, which is self-sacrificial love for us. In the Gospel of Matthew, the mother of mother of two of Jesus' disciples, James and John, expressed her ambition, 
her request, which I believe resonates to us, all of us as parents who want what is best for our children. The mother requested to Jesus, declare that my two sons will sit, one at your right and one at your left in your kingdom. And Jesus' response to her and to her boys were this, whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. All of us, we often forget that this is the kind of Christ we worship. He is the one who came not to be served, but to serve. He is the one who emptied himself to be a doulos for us. This, is, this Christ is whom we receive and also whom we reflect. And so we too empty ourselves and become a doulos to all. And the Apostle Paul explains what it looks like in, in practice. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul writes, For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, though I am not free from God's law but am under Christ's law, so that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, so that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that I might by all means save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, so that I may share in its blessings. This was not Paul's evangelism strategy or his marketing ploy, but rather it was his understanding of what it means to live out the gospel. Just as Christ, who emptied himself to be with Paul, he too emptied himself to be with others, whoever they may be. Emptying himself to meet people where they are. Emptying himself to understand their point of view. Emptying himself to be with them in solidarity with love and compassion. And this is how various worshiping communities were formed under Paul's leadership. Imagine a community where everyone serves one another through love. Imagine a community who dedicates itself to serve others with no selfish ambition or ulterior motives. Imagine a community who tries to understand the perspective of its neighbors by going to them first and being with them. Imagine a community who constantly empties itself to stand in solidarity with the neglected, the marginalized, the isolated, and the lonely. According to Paul, this is what it means to live out the gospel, and this is what it means to let God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And this is also the kind of community we, St. Stephen's United Methodist Church, are declaring ourselves to become in our vision statement that we reflect Christ 
as a catalyst for community, inclusive and engaged, igniting mission and service for all. Whether it is for our family, extended network, ministry, congregation, society, or world, the community we all dream and long for begins with us reflecting Christ who lives in us. And the good news is that this Christ already lives in you. Our body is already a temple where the Holy Spirit dwells. We are simply called to empty ourselves so that His image may be revealed more vividly in our reflection. So dear church, because of God's grace, the free and undeserving gift, we receive Christ who lives in us. Each and every day, wherever we may be or whomever we interact with, may we reflect this Christ to those around us so that in community we may all together witness and experience the richness of God's love manifested in the self-emptying Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Now I invite you to uh, pray with me. And at the end of my prayer, I'll invite you to pray in unison the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Though you are God, with all the influence and status that the name implies, you refuse to pull rank and parade your power among us. Instead, you chose to step down into our experience, living among us as one of us, with all the struggle and suffering that goes with being human. More than that, you adopted the role of a doulos, washing feet, serving people of no reputation or social standing, and giving of yourself completely. As incredible as it sounds, you are the God who serves, and we can respond in no other way than to give ourselves to you in praise. So gracious God, empty us, make us your temple, dwell in us, and live inside us. Let our reflection show who you truly are. Let us live as your children, people who serve one another through love. We pray as we remember Christ, the light who shines in the darkness, who taught us how to pray as your people. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.